Welcome to Season 4, Episode 29 of the Family Travel Australia podcast. We are Katie, Paul and Jasper from the Feel Good family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome. Hello again. Thank you for joining us for another awesome week. So good to be here with you and we have to first start off by letting you know that we had arranged a guest speaker for today's episode. Oh, we had. We mm. didn't quite make it back from our uh, our upcoming experience that we'll be sharing with you on time. So, sorry about that. The Feel Good Families, we're running late. So we're going to uh, push that out to next week. So look forward to that. It's still coming your way. Awesome. So what have we got in store this week, Paul? All right. We are celebrating our two years full-time on the road over the next couple of weeks. And so we looked back over that two years. And if you've been listening to us during this time every Friday night or watching our YouTube show every Sunday night, you would know there's quite a lot to choose from as far as destinations and experiences. Well, we have uh, finally agreed on the top five destinations that we have loved not only visiting but sharing with you and we're going to recap on those you won't even have to grab a pen because we've done a complete youtube episode around this you can check that out at our feel good family channel or you can also check out in the show notes below and there'll be the list of these places as well to help you plan your next adventure and get you out to these incredible places so awesome. You did make me giggle on the inside then. You've got to love us for really extending a celebration. And we have a habit of doing this for birthdays as well. But I love how you said we're celebrating our two years full time over the next few weeks. And in fact, we are. We are keeping the celebration going because we are just so excited that that two year mark has rolled around. And to be honest, it feels like it's gone in the blink of an eye. But you're so right, Paul. There are so many amazing places that we have been to. And and if you have been listening into our podcast, you will know we say it all the time, you know, this country is amazing. And everywhere we go, we are just gobsmacked at how spectacular the places and the destinations and the people and the experiences are. It was not an easy feat to narrow this list down to five. And I want to preface this by saying, There'll be destinations that you think, why have they not included in the top five? It was really hard. Look, to be honest, we could have had a top 50. <laughs> we wanted to give you a selection of destinations around the different states that we have been able to travel so far in our two years. Of course, knowing we are yet to head west. Mm. So that would have made the list even harder to narrow down, I think. It's so true. This list will be a new list again next year, no doubt. And the other thing that Katie wanted to make sure we said was that it doesn't include Northern Territory destinations because we've only just covered those. And mm. I mean, Uluru would have to be up top of that list as well, wouldn't it? Oh, so many places in the NT. In fact, mm. we could probably have a top five just for the Northern Territory. So yes, we're spreading the love around some of the other states that we've been to. They are all incredibly awesome. Okay, drum roll, please. We will be starting from 
five, working our way down to absolutely our number one agreed, (laughs) like how I said that, (laughs) destination here in Oz from our travels so far. Number five, Bruni Island, Tasmania. Oh, my goodness. So good. Could you go back there right now? I could go back to Tassie in a heartbeat. Mm, Me too. Yeah. I mean, we could have actually put just the entire state of Tasmania as a destination in this top five, but Bruni Island held such a special place for both of us. It was somewhere that we really wanted to make sure that we visited during our time in Tassie, and it did not disappoint. Bruni Island really has it all. I mean, it's got that incredible, rugged wilderness that is just so Tasmania, Mm. abundant wildlife. And if you are anything like Paul and I, it is a foodie's heaven and very famous for its foodie experiences. And that's actually how we decided to map out our time there so that we would use markers on different food and beverage stops along the way. It is a really great way to map these islands, isn't it? The whole state of Tassie is pretty much like this. Like You could literally plan your tour around Tasmania based on the incredible food and beverage (laughs) offerings. That's actually a really good idea, a food lover's guide or a food lover's map to Tassie. We should should do an episode on that. My mouth is actually salivating thinking about that. So, yeah, maybe we'll have to plan for that in the future. All right, let's give them to you. So one of the highlights actually is the Bruni Island Baker. And it literally is two old fridges like from the mid-1900s on the side of the road that are now acting as bread boxes. So you just are driving along and then on a corner are these two fridges. You get out and you look in there and there are all fresh baked goods, sourdoughs, I mean brownies, cakes, different types of breads, fruit breads, and it's all beautifully wrapped. Some of it was still warm Mm -hmm. because it had just been baked. And there's an honesty box. There's even in a marker pen, the account details, if you just want to do an electronic funds transfer. (laughs) I love that. I think it was just such an awesome way to really sum up the people and the place. Oh, So perfectly said. Yes, we didn't know what to even expect when we just drove past these fridges. And I tell you what, that was some of the best sourdough bread I think that we have ever tasted in our time together, not just our time on the road. And as you said, Paul, such a fantastic experience and just so Bruni Island, Mm. so Tasmania. So make sure you look out for the Bruni Baker when you head to Bruni Island. Okay, the other highlights are definitely the honey, Bruni Island mm-hmm. honey. It's good if you just want to go and have a few samples as yeah. well. Uh, the Bruni Island chocolate. Oh, yes. Jasper loved that one. That was really cool and a beautiful location too. Mm-hmm. Bruni Island house of whiskey. Mm-hmm. This was a highlight for me. And I'm not particularly a whiskey fan, but what I loved was that it was cold. The weather was so cold when we were in Bruni Island and we went to the House of Whiskey, which is just beautiful Mm. and overlooks this gorgeous landscape of Bruni Island. And we sat on the veranda. You had a glass of whiskey, Paul. I had a glass of mulled wine. Freshly brewed. Mm. 
and we just sat and sipped and warmed up from the inside out. Thank you very much, House of Whiskey. And it's so good when you get to interact with a staff member or could be the owner, but someone who's working at these places and their passion lies in the produce or product that they're presenting. Mm. And so you end up with this really amazing experience that just really heightens everything that you're doing. It makes it taste better, feel better, look mm. better when someone loves sharing with you like that. So I, I same here. I thought that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And. There we go again. It comes back to the people, doesn't Mm. it? The experience can be amazing, but the people are what really make it and give you those really rich memories. Okay. They're also famous for their oysters. Mm -hmm. Get shucked. Yes. That was fun. Yep. They even have a drive-through oyster bar. It's pretty unique. Yeah, definitely. And finally, for the best sunset on the island, Hotel Bruni. Oh, yes, that was really lovely to go and sit and have a meal and watch that sunset down over the water. Just awesome. Okay, before we leave Bruni Island, a couple of other highlights that aren't food and beverage related. (laughs) The tessellated pavements. Mm. This is one of the most unique geological sites that you can visit anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that just an incredible sight to see and walk down and, and be a part of? It was amazing and really beautiful. I loved this and we took some great images here with the drone in particular to really capture the beauty of the tessellated pavement. Do a little Google and read up on what this is exactly and how they believe this is formed because it is very rare and it only occurs in a very few places around the world. Yes, amazing. I love it when you find these significant places. Mm. It's such a great experience. Okay, the other is the Bruni Island Lighthouse oh. and tour. Oh, We had Chris who volunteers his time, again, to somebody who's passionate about lighthouses. Uh, I believe it's the second oldest lighthouse in Tasmania. The first oldest lighthouse is actually the Iron Pot which still stands, Mm -hmm. and it's the oldest lighthouse in Australia. So they love their lighthouses down Mm. here. It was an incredible story about the lighthouse too. There was basically a group of convicts that were offered their freedom, their pardons, if they could piece this lighthouse together and have it erected within 12 months in any and all weather conditions. So it was shipped to Tasmania from Liverpool, and it arrived with little numbers marked on it, like a box of Lego. Amazing. Amazing. And they, I believe, completed it in well under 12 months. And free as a bird, they were all off. And so they should be when you take into consideration the location and the weather that they would have been up against down there. And, you know, considering perhaps they've only stolen a loaf of bread from the Bruni Baker, they should be pardoned after that work. (laughs) Okay, there's Bruni Island. Uh, so much more to see and mm-hmm. do. We stayed at Eagle Hawk Neck, a free camp mm. site. It's actually operated by the national parks there. I think it was $10 per night per adult and kids were free. As long as you arrive early to get yourself a site, it is an awesome place to camp. Mm, fantastic. Okay, number four, South Stradbroke Island. Oh, a little bit of paradise from our hometown of the Gold Coast. This is such a great, natural, untouched, 
bush setting island. Mm. It is. It's a really back to basics camping experience. Mm. It reminds me of, of being a kid and growing up. My family, every other weekend, we would hop in our dusty old speedboat, all nine of us, believe it or not. Oh my goodness. Sure, it wasn't legal. Uh, and we would make our way over to South Stradbroke Island and in particular to Tipler's Resort. Uh, now, the original resort has been replaced uh, with a new setting. Some of the old buildings, like the cafe, still remains and has been refurbished. And so it brings back a lot of memories for me growing up. And this truly is an unspoiled island getaway. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I almost think that maybe people don't really know about it. You know, it's right there, right off the tip of the Gold Coast. You can see it. You can literally stand on the Broadwater side of South Stradbroke Island and look back over to the Gold Coast. So it is very close, but I feel like it's one of these little hidden gems that maybe only a handful of locals know about because it is so untouched and huge development has not taken place on this island, which adds to its charm and appeal. I think that's it. It really is almost a locals only. Obviously, at the moment, that is exactly what it is uh, with no international travellers. So a wonderful place to get away and, as you said, feel like you're, you're worlds away from the, the crazy hustle bustle that the Gold Coast has become. Mm. This particular part of the island, uh, there are a handful of local residents that live there. There is a limited amount of people that are allowed to live on the island. So that means there is hardly any vehicle traffic, which also adds to its pristine environment and, and that being protected and looked after. Uh, the management, as far as the Gold Coast City Council that own and operate all the campgrounds along here, uh, is fantastic. They really keep this manicured, don't they? Yeah, they do a great job considering it is that beach bush environment. A couple of points to note, you do need to access South Stradbroke Island by boat. So that is either your own personal boat, you can get a water taxi or hire a boat, or like us, we actually caught the Tipplers Ferry, which is a beautiful boat service run through the operators of the Tipplers Cafe that we will talk about in just a moment. We got picked up from Jacob's Well, where we were staying in our van at the Jacob's Well Tourist Park. Left our van for a few nights, jumped on the ferry, headed over to South Stradbroke to enjoy that amazing environment. So good. And we have to also mention the food. Beck, who was the chef and one of the managers of Tipler's Resort and Cafe, is a Neil Perry trained chef. I tell you what, you see the word cafe totally misrepresents what is on offer as far as the food, the way it's presented. It is like you are visiting a world-class restaurant. Now, this might sound like an over-exaggeration because we love our food and we get excited about it. The seafood, the presentation, every meal we had there was outstanding. Yes, you are absolutely right, Paul. It was amazing and such an incredible surprise to be presented with food like that in this location, which adds so much to the experience. It was awesome. And again, just beautiful people. Yeah, again, coming down to the people, 
we actually camped on the South Courage end of the island. We were fortunate enough to be collected in a four-wheel drive and whisked away up through the dunes and down onto the east side of the island for about 15 or 20 kilometres and then into South Courage Campground. They do have a service department there. They have beautiful brand new amenities with hot showers. There's free gas barbecues everywhere. Every campsite has its own private fire pit that is permanently fixed in place and you are right on the water, million dollar views, back over the Gold Coast, outstanding campsite. And uh, look, we would go back there in a heartbeat. There's also a kiosk down that end that you can buy all your fishing needs. If you've forgotten, you know, your fire starters or your tongs or your bacon or your eggs, you can get freshly brewed coffee every morning and you can hire non-powered water sport activities as well. Mm -hmm. And look, if you're like us and you don't have your own tent, they have a two-bedroom cottage on site, which is what we stayed in, and that was fantastic. Basic, but everything you need to keep you comfortable on your stay on the island. And they also have a series of what they call wallaby tents, which are basically tents that have bunk beds in them. So again, very basic, but an alternative to taking all of your own camping gear over there. Yeah, my dream one day is to move there and live there in one of those private residences. It is a pretty spectacular place. And look, then we could frequent the Tipler's Cafe all the time for more of Beck's amazing food. Okay, let's keep on moving down our list. Number three, Living Desert, just outside of Broken Hill, Outback, New South Wales, the gateway to the outback, as they call it. Isn't this just an incredible environment? What a contrast from the ocean. Yes, you just took those words out of my mouth, Paul. We're swapping the blues for the oranges and the reds and those incredible earthy ochre tones that are so prevalent out here in the desert. This is one of our all-time favourite campsites out here at the Living Desert. And whilst you feel like you are worlds away from everything, you're literally only 12 kilometres out of the city of Broken Hill. So it's very convenient if you need to go in and do a food shop or you need to go in and have a cold beverage at one of the great pubs in town, you easily can do that. And then just a short drive later, you are back in this amazing environment. Yes. And I think that for people who have always wanted to travel to the outback, but you're a little bit hesitant because you're worried about your safety and your security and, you know, will I break down and perish? You know, will I be attacked? All of these concerns that you can have entering into the unknown or something that's been depicted as, you know, really harsh environment through movies and TV It is so the opposite end. It has all of those elements from the environment, but then you end up out into a park that has a key-coded entry pad uh, with a security gate. So it's like a security-gated glamping kind of experience. Mm -hmm. You head out there. It's $15 a night per adult, and there's full town water that you can access to fill your tanks. Uh, there is no powered sites. There are no fires allowed. There's no dogs allowed. 
However, the rest of the facilities on offer are outstanding. The covered areas with the free barbecues, the gas instant hot water showers, the amenity blocks are all brand new. There's a dedicated area just for camping for tents uh, that looks very comfortable and very large. And then, of course, you have access to the 2,400 hectare state park that surrounds you with different walks, a wildlife sanctuary, flora and fauna. I mean, it's amazing. It really is. The location is so unique and like nothing we have ever stayed in before. On site are also what is known as the sunset sculptures. And these are a series of huge sandstone sculptures that sit atop one of the hills in the state park and Again, just such a great experience to go up and walk amongst the sculptures, go up and have a glass of wine and maybe a cheese platter at the end of the day and watch that incredible outback sunset. Mm. I think the reason it grabbed us so much is because we felt safe, we felt secure. The rangers do regular rounds in their four-wheel drive and check-in and are friendly, friendly guys and the stars are just epic out of this world we talked about you're not in a five-star hotel but you are sleeping under five billion stars <laughs> you know it's, yeah, it's a good marketing campaign it, it is definitely and we just love this part of outback new south wales mm-hmm. okay number two the great ocean road mm, one of the best scenic coastal drives in the world and rightly so Anybody who has been on this coastline stretch in southern Victoria will know just how spectacular it is. When we experienced it, we had that true Victorian four seasons in one day and that added to the epicness and the ruggedness of this coastline. Yes, and of course it's so famously known for the Twelve Apostles. But once you start to really explore a little further afield and you do the whole stretch – we actually travelled from Warnable in the west, heading east all the way to Queenscliff, where we eventually jumped on a ferry across to the Mornington Peninsula with our caravan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so heading from the west, we would recommend if you could do this way, because you're kind of like the salmon swimming upstream, you know, going against that oncoming traffic. But what this allowed us to do and see was that there are 12 Apostle locations all over the place. Do you know what I mean? There there are so many outstanding, incredible landscapes along this Ocean Road Drive that you are spoilt for choice. Oh, so true, Paul. And what blew me away was that they are all accessible when you are travelling with your rig. We towed and parked our caravan at every single stop along this Great Ocean Road stretch so that we could get out and see these incredible sandstone formations in the ocean. So that was quite a surprise for me, you know, because you wouldn't think that a region like this Mm. that is so windy and so coastal would be accessible for RVers and it is so accessible. That's right. And that was the biggest surprise for me as well. We're towing a 23-foot rig. I mean, that's a very large van. So look, don't let you, the fear of the unknown or if you're not sure whether it's going to be safe, you know, inhibit this idea or your decision to go. Mm. Even when we were winding through those really mountainous areas through the Otway National Park, there were 
slow vehicle pullover bays all the way along. Mm-hmm. So at no point did I feel pressured, rushed. Uh, the weather was on and off. I mean, it, <laughs> it poured, it rained. It was the windiest night we'd ever experienced. And we still felt comfortable and safe the whole way. We never felt in danger with the van under tow in those conditions. So hats off to Victoria for providing such an accessible location such a stunning location. We chose a number of different sites to stay at, starting at Peterborough, but the highlight really was Cumberland Caravan Park, located down near Lawn. Lawn really is the epicentre of the Great Ocean Road. Uh, look, all in all, we just loved this experience. It truly lives up to its name of being great. Yes, and there is so much more to explore for us and for anybody who's going to the Great Ocean Road. We did it in just under a week. Mm-hmm. We would recommend if you can extend that out for at least a few, you'll really get to immerse yourself in this region because – Once you get off the coastline too, there is so much out in the hinterland that we are excited to go back and explore. One thing we did do is enjoy the Great Ocean Road Food Artisan Trail. Here we go. We're talking about food again. (laughs) So good. So many incredible producers out here. Everything from chocolate to cheese to breweries to whiskey again to ice cream. I think this was What was so good for all of us, you know, the three of us with Jasper was that there were a dozen different producers that you could go and visit and they all sell each other's produce and Mm. product. So that was a really cool community that they'd created uh, in a supportive, you know, what is normally a very competitive Mm. market of food and beverage. They were all in it together. Yes. Uh, But we, we decided, okay, too much for us to do and fit in our belly. So let's pick one each. Jasper chose the fine ice cream store, which was an ice cream store like nothing we'd ever seen. Katie chose the cheese producers. And I again chose the whiskey house. All three were incredible. Gee, this added to our Great Ocean Road experience, didn't it? Yeah, it sure did. And those producers that we went out and visited were in a little town called Tim Boone. Yes. Yes. We would highly recommend you go out. It is such a gorgeous little town. The drive was fantastic. Everything, as you can tell, about the Great Ocean Road is spectacular. Mm, yum. Got to take me back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's time to reveal our number one. There we go. It's not a very good drum roll. I need to put a different one in. Yeah, I was just going to say, we're going to have to actually find a better sound effect, I think. (laughs) Okay, is Pumpkin Island Mm. in Queensland. It's located on the southern end of the Great Barrier Reef. And their slogan here is, where great begins. We love that. Jasper has actually improved on their slogan and he says, it's not the okay barrier reef, it's the great barrier Mm -hmm. reef. (laughs) So, yeah, stay tuned for that. I'm sure coming to a tourist campaign near you soon. Okay, this is located 14 kilometres off the coast of Yapoon, which is about an hour from Rockhampton. So that will give you an idea geographically where Pumpkin Island is located, a 40-minute Pumpkin Island Express ferry out to the island for the most spectacular island getaway we think that you could find. Yeah, look, we have been lucky enough to do some pretty amazing 
island stays in our time travelling these last few years, but also uh, pre-Jasper as well. But there is something special about Pumpkin Island that sets this place apart from anywhere else that we have been. And I think it's a combination of things. It is an eco-island, fully powered by the sun and the wind, and they have actually won some fantastic awards for their sustainability efforts. It has a small number of self-contained beach cottages that are scattered across the island, far enough apart so that you don't feel like you are on top of your neighbour, and you actually do feel like you have the entire island to yourself. Now, on that, if you want the entire island to yourself, you can actually hire the entire island as well. So, just going to drop a few hints here, husband. This would be a great place to get married or perhaps renew your vows or celebrate a milestone. I do. <laughs> Close your eyes for a moment and picture the turquoise clear water lapping at the shore the white sandy beach, the noise of the breeze swaying through those palm trees that are lined in front of you on the beach. Mm, as you lay in the hammock. Exactly. Sipping your cocktail. Oh, my goodness. Take me there right now. I was blown away with the abundance of wildlife, mm-hmm. both below the sea level and above. Mm-hmm. The bird life was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, seasonally, whales frequent the island, uh, dolphins, turtles. I mean, it's a complete green zone, mm-hmm. so it's protected. It's part of a World Heritage-listed environment. It is truly that magnificent. Mm-hmm. And there are no TVs, and because the island is powered by the wind and the sun, there is limited electricity, which means no devices. Mm-hmm. You need to take a book, or you need to get comfortable just being in this environment, and that is what makes this so special as well. I think one of the highlights was experiencing their massive outdoor fire pit right next to the main arrival hut that's completely open air. Just really picture that perfect thatched roof, large wooden structured palm treed fringed building and you'll get the right image here and then they're not open unless you actually call for a staff member who shows up opens the bar whenever you're ready and makes cocktails and then (laughs) brings them out to you as you're sitting around this fire pit overlooking the sunset across the rest of that rugged east coast of byfield national park only 14 kilometres away in front of you. I mean, it's truly stunning. It really is. Now, it's a self-catering island, which means you have to take everything with you for the duration of your stay. And you can do an online food order from one of the supermarkets in Yapoon and have it delivered to the Roslyn Bay Marina in time to get the Pumpkin Express over to the island. So you do have to be a little bit prepared in what you take with you. But honestly... Towel, swimmers, PJs, and a good book, and you're probably done. Perfect. And a shout out to the owners of the island, Wayne and Loreth, and their beautiful kids that have opened their island to share with tourists and and travellers. It's just wonderful. 
Okay, I think we've probably said enough. We couldn't oversell this. I mean, it is that incredible. Yeah, for sure. It is definitely somewhere that I look forward to returning to time and time again. I'll just keep subtly dropping those hints to my husband and see if we uh, can hire the island out at some point. i tell you a really quick story about Pumpkin Island. It also famously was booked by Forex, the Queensland famous beer, and became Forex Island for about two years as they did a very large and expensive promotional campaign around their beer that you could actually win a trip to the perfect beer island getaway. But it really undersells what it has become now. The island originally was won in a card game. Get out of town. Yeah, apparently. So there you go. You know, I guess when you've got islands to play for, (laughs) I'd be in that game. All right. We will wrap it up there. Such an exciting time for us to look back over our two years and and really pick out our favourite destinations. In an upcoming episode, we're going to be sharing with you our top five experiences. Mm. We thought destinations were hard to choose experiences. (laughs) There was a lot of negotiating between Katie and I to really nut this out and get to an agreed five. So look forward to that as well. And hopefully this provides you with a little bit of travel inspiration and a little bit of feel-good positivity too if you are in a position where you can't travel at the moment. Just keep dreaming, stay positive, make those bucket lists so that when you can get out there, you can start ticking them off. Awesome. Okay. Well, for now, we will say goodbye We hope that you are keeping safe and well and looking after yourself and looking after your family and do keep dreaming big. And happy trails. Feel the journey, feel the journey.